0: Happy Sabbath to all. Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Okay, let's do something before that. Why don't you do the same thing, say the same thing to your neighbor next to you, say, Happy Sabbath, but really mean it, like with a big smile, big hug, whatever it is. (laughs) Happy Sabbath. Okay, that's much better. I think I've seen some smiles, and that's a good thing. Happy, you know, the word happy means feliz, happiness, like, (laughs) you know, smile, happy Sabbath. Yeah, happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath, happy Sabbath. No, no, happy Sabbath. Let's mean it. Let's do it. Let's just do it the way it's supposed to be. And as you remember, the, first, the last two Sabbaths, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments, and today we are going to finish. It's funny because the first day we talk about the first three, then the, the next Sabbath, only the fourth, and then now this next Sabbath, this Sabbath, we are going to talk about six of them. It's like, wow, well, what's wrong, Pastor? Something is wrong there. Some people... Uh, came to me and they were saying, Pastor, we should be going only one by one, one by one. Yeah, maybe. But the way we are doing it, uh, we are doing it this way because there is a meaning, a greater meaning behind the Ten Commandments that you and I need to understand in order to know exactly what the Ten Commandments are saying. And as you know, the first part, the first Sabbath, that we talk about the Ten Commandments we were learning and knowing a little bit more about God, who really God is, how, how, how he treats you, what he thinks about you, and all those things. And then the next Sabbath, which was the fourth commandment about the Sabbath, we were talking about how God wants to spend time, a relationship, something close with you. But then the title for this Sabbath is, you read your bulletin, huh? How many of you vote to just not bring the bulletin anymore on you? Living the talk. Thank you. Now it's about living that talk. And why do we call it living the talk? Because now, I mean by now we know what, who God is, what God wants to do with us, all of those, those two things together. Now He wants you, says that you know that, and hopefully you are going to practice, I mean you are going to practice that in your life. Now it's time to do something about it. But not necessarily with God, but with somebody else. You know, we usually know the Ten Commandments as the law of love. Do you ever hear that expression? Of love. And some people, when you explain that to the kids, they don't get it like the law of love. says here, do not do this, don't do this. It's like it feels like my mother coming to me and said, don't eat that, clean your room, do that, don't go It's like, no, 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 no. How can it be the law of love? Well it is. Because behind all of this, behind that relationship that He wants you, I mean He wants you to have with Him, there is love. There is something great, something good. So let's open our Bibles again. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse number 12. Verse number 12. After talking, after talking, God, uh, after mentioning something about the Sabbath and going into detail, if you notice that, uh, 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 the, the, the second commandment and the fourth commandment, it goes into detail of some of the stuff that you need to know in order to understand. Now he goes into the next part. And if you have this thing that I have here, let me see. If you have one of these that we give away the first Sabbath you are going to realize that it's also divided in two sections. The first part is also the first four commandments and the second one, the following six. Well, we are going to talk about the second one, the second part. So here we go. Verse number 12. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That's number five. I'm going to repeat, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You know, after talking about God, after talking about the relationship you need to have with God, now he's bringing that relationship to something you know, something I know, something you can relate to, to your dad and your mom. Even if you are a grown-up and you have a a mother who is probably 86, 96 years old. I don't know. My dad is right now 87. uh, My mom is uh, 81 or so. Uh, No, I'm probably bad. 81. She always thinks I am the little baby. I don't know if that happened to you. You are trying to do something. You're trying to cook for yourself. And she's like, do you want me to cook it for you? I'm trying to fry an egg and she's like, "Do you want me to fry that egg for you? Do you want me to cook some rice? Do you want me to do so?" She's always trying to and she's always going around me telling me, "Ah, oh, you are my little baby. You are my baby." She used to call me, it sounds probably bad, in Spanish is "eres mi perrito." You are my little doggy. Like, okay? I don't know the meaning behind all of that, but for her it was so cute, "You are my little doggy." And I always picture this little doggy moving tail Okay, I am the little doggy, I guess. For, and she always gets excited. My dad is a little different because he's kind of serious. And He gets proud. Every time I do something good, he comes to me and says, oh, yeah, yeah, congratulations, congratulations, son. Yeah, that's a good thing. My mom is like, no, oh, my child, you're so good, you're you, Oh, she just gets excited and happy. Now, the Bible says you have to honor your father and your mother, He's not talking about how old they are. He's not saying you're going to honor them until they are this this year, you know, age. No. You honor your mother. You honor your father. You honor both of them. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what they think about you. Doesn't matter if they probably, in front of everybody else, they say, oh, he's my cookie or something like that. I don't know. Honor them. When you honor them, you are going to learn. When your kids honor you as a father or mother, they are going to learn to also honor the one who they cannot see many times. When they have problems, they are kind of like, what to do now? What?" And we keep telling them, pray to God. Get close to him. He's going to help you. And, And they are like, well, I don't see God. But they see you. And they want to learn from you who God really is. And the first thing is they honor you. You honor your parents. You do all those things for them. The very interesting thing here is that when I read the verse number 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long In the land the Lord your God is giving you, there is the promise, isn't it? If we go to Ephesians, and you can go with me to Ephesians just for a little while. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Paul is talking here a little bit about that. Chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a what? Promise. But that promise is a very interesting promise. The promises you are going to live long. Who is the one that, that gives life? You are going to live long. It's like saying you are going to receive life from me, but you are going to live long. And that verse says in the land I am giving you. You are going to be prospered, live long in the land, in the property, in the house, in the work, in the job that you have. You are going to do well. You are going to succeed. You are going to be fine. But you need to remember that the one giving that is God. God is in control of your life. God is in control of everything you have. It's not you. When you go back to Ephesians... Also, Paul mentions something, verse number three. He keeps going at the same verse after two that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. But then, number four is the part that many of our, I mean, us, the parents, don't read. Parents, do not what? Exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. I talked to some parents a few times. Seminars or some kids. And, and the parents usually come, Pastor, he is doing this thing, she is doing this thing. They need to be doing it, And they read the Bible text to me. And when I read the next one, are you doing this other part? Well, wait, they need to read. No, I'm asking you, are you doing this part? Well, we forget that the relationship that you are going to be having with your kids and the kids with you is based on the same relationship God wants to have with you. The Ten Commandments are based on relationships. You cannot Split it apart, said, no, no, pastor, the Ten Commandments is only about these things that we need to do. And if we follow and do all those ten things, we are going to be fine. Because the Bible says, you know, all of those who keep the commandments are going to be saved. No. The Ten Commandments are based in relationships. That's only the number five. What about number six? Verse number 13. That's a long one. You shall not what? How many of you have killed in your Bibles? Some of you have killed. Only one? What version is yours? King James. How many King James we have? I know we have a lot of King James. Are you reading your Bibles? The Bible says what? Kill. My Bible says murder. Which one is Right. You cannot tell me both are the same, because they are not the same. And the Hebrew, when you read that word, it is not the same. The very interesting, I like this, the, 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 the beauty, well, not the beauty, the interest, I just like that word. The very interesting thing is, if you read even this one here, even this one, in the back, when you read number 6, it says, Thou shalt not kill, Exodus chapter 20, 13, and then they use another verse to compare And the one they use in the New Testament is that shall not, sorry, that shall do no murder. I'm sorry, murder. Like, that's a different kill and murder. They use it as like both are the same, and they are not the same. The reality is that, as we know, and I hope we all understand this, these are all translations of the Bible. They all base the Bible and the knowledge they have and the things they have and the word that the Hebrew use for kill and murder and just they're close but when you go to the original the meaning of that word says killing, emphasizing and murder. Why? You see, if the Ten Commandments has to do with relationships, if the Ten Commandments has to do with relationships, and you need to practice these next six or these next six uh, commandments based on the relationship you have with God based on the, f- the first four each one of them are going to do something to somebody else if you break one of those if you break the fifth the fifth commandment which is honor your mother and father you are going to break a supposed to be good relationship that you are supposed to be having with the ones close to you your mother and father if you break this, this next one, killing, killing as we read it, and we don't read it as, as murder, you can kill anyone. And people have trouble here saying, you know what, no wonder why, you know, if we read that, that doesn't make any sense because God used to send the Israelites to kill people. Isn't that bad? You murder someone. So that's wrong. It's the wrong saying. Don't take it like that. When you murder someone, you don't have any ethical reason or base in the Bible to do it. That's the way they put it. That's the way they interpreted this. When you kill someone, sometimes there is probably a huge reason why you do it. This is a very interesting thought. And many of the people who translate this, they struggle with that. That's why you have questions like saying, me and myself, you know, going back to school, they said, well, pastors, is it okay that if someone comes to kill you, and then, you know, sorry, to kill your family, and you want to defend your family, is it okay for you to kill that person? And everybody, all the pastors, depends, uh, depends. What are you talking about? And then when you have this... The, 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 you know this thing about killing, we all struggle with that idea among all the Christians. Which one are you talking about? But the Bible, this Bible text, this command is very clear. It's talking about murder. When you just hate someone so much that you want to do something to that person. When you don't want to see that person alive. And when Jesus Christ Talk about this, 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 this uh, uh, commandment in Matthew. Remember, he says that you murder even what? In your heart. Because you, if you really wish for that person to be dead, it's like murdering someone is like breaking this command. There's a, greatest, a great difference between both of them. You see, be careful, brothers and sisters. Be careful what we think. Sometimes we don't like someone. Sometimes we wish for that person to be, maybe not dead, but we wish some really ugly touch for that person. Man, I wish that person could, you know, I wish like, be careful. You are being watched. You are being judged by that. You need to be careful. The relationship that you have with God is never going to bring those kind of thoughts. And if they do, they're going to die soon. But you need to have the relationship with God. If you don't have a relationship with God, everything is being lost. I keep reading the next verse now. 14. You shall not commit adultery. Now, isn't this something that Jesus also talked in the Bible? Do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember what he says in the Bible? He said, men, he's talking to men, because it seems to me that we had those problems, and back in those days, they used to go and do whatever they want. Women were here, you know what, I'm going to divorce you, I'm going to do, do whatever I want. You know what? He said, men, be careful. Don't think that you are going to only you know, do this bad thing if you do it physically. But you are doing it when you have that here and you're starting to desire someone. When was the last time you did that? Everybody's smiling, mate. I'm not talking only to men. When was the last time you did that? (gasps) Wow, that man. Big muscles. I wish my my, my husband would have that. Look at those big muscles. He has a big belly. Now, pastor, but that's so difficult. Yes, it is difficult. The Bible also says you cannot avoid for those birds to what? To fly over your head, says the Bible. You cannot avoid that. But you can avoid something. For those birds to what? That's right. To make a nest here. And we make mistakes like that. We make mistakes like that. Again, if we are going to talk about relationships. When we talk about father and mother, you break a close relationship. That's not Christ-like. That's not what God wants for you. If he wants you to have a good relationship with him, he wants you to have a good relationship with your parents. When you talk about the next one, killing, you are not going to resolve problems like that. That's breaking somebody else's relationship, that's making somebody else's life miserable. That's not God's plan. God wants for his kids, for his children, to establish the good relationship that you have with him. Also share with somebody else, show love, show mercy. You just don't let yourself, you know, take by that anger and just do crazy things. And when you do this one, we also break another relationship, isn't it? It's about relationships. But then the next one, Another long one. Help me with that one because that's so long. I don't know how to read it. Read it once again with me. 15. You? Uh, You? Shall not steal. steal. Robar. In my country, they say. You know what's that, right? No? You don't know. My country is steal. Don't grab it, don't take it. What about that one? Pastor, what are you talking about? I mean, is it okay for me sometimes to ask, you know, hey, Jim, just let me have your Bible just for a minute, you know, it's no problem. Thank you, thank you. And then I forget, and it's gone. I really after three weeks later. He's so kind, he never said anything. I like this Bible. Man, but this is my brother's, but this is, this is God's word. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you are allowing for this thing to happen. You're such a good guy. You want me to learn more? He has, you know, marks here. He has oh, little words, little writing. I mean, that's, maybe I just keep it. Brother Jim is so beautiful, so nice, so handsome, so good looking. He just looked at me from far away and says, enjoy my Bible. Be careful, Brother Jim, because then he could, he could be seeing. I mean, saying, enjoy my Bible with bad feelings inside, which means for me to what? Die? That's bad too, isn't it? It's for everybody, these Ten Commandments. So uh, here I am thinking, oh, it's okay. The Lord allowed this thing to happen for me to learn more about the Bible because here it says, It's sun, destroying. Oh, all. Wow, good notes. I'm going to keep this for my sermons. You shall not steal. You shall not steal not only physical stuff. If it has to do with relationships, you shall not steal those things that keep family together. You shall not steal those things that keep couples together. You shall not steal those things that you are not allowed to do. Don't do it. It's not about the little pencil that you that you took when you were in fifth grade nice beautiful little pencil with lots of colors and shiny stuff it's about the other things that we steal every day could be maybe things that we steal from that you know which way I'm going right I remember a pastor one day uh, he was preaching and he said, you know what? Uh, let me tell you this story what happened during my church board. Uh, uh, sorry, elders meeting. Uh, we were talking about the, 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 the tithes, how people were not giving ties. They didn't realize that's God's, God's. You know, we don't even have to do anything. You just take that back to God. And even when the Bible says you are stealing, you are taking things that are mine. So when they were talking about that and realizing, yes, pastor, yes, pastor, he took, you know, men, we usually have a wallet here, and, you know, mine is not that fat, but I see the ones one, really fat, look like that double cheeseburger. I mean, really fat. They only need the cheese in between, you know. It's really like that. And, and he did have it in, his, in, in the table like that. And he said, okay, brother, you know, we need to pray for this situation. So they went on their knees. And then before they started praying, they were ready to pray. He just kind of, like, made everybody stop. And he just grabbed the wallet, and he put it back in his pocket. And everyone was like, What is that for? At the end of the prayer, they ask him, what is that? What's wrong? Don't you trust us? Hey, if you take things from God, what about my things? I'm afraid you're going to take it too. If you take things from God, if you rob him, that's what the Bible says. You are stealing from him. What about my things? Do not steal. Giving back to God what is his is not saying, God, you need my money. He he owns everything. He owns this church, not even the conference. The conference listening to this? Yeah, this is the recording, I know. (laughs) They don't even own this. It's only papers, but God is the one giving all of this. You don't own your house. Remember that beautiful car that you have? That's not yours. I pay money. (laughs) Yeah, that's your problem. Why you buying it in credit? It's not yours. It's God's giving it to you. The opportunity. He's giving it to you. Be faithful with him. Give back to him what is his. Put your trust in him. But I don't know how I'm going to make it. That's why. That's what it means. Trust him. This is yours. You are in charge of my life ahead. Make my day. Do not steal. The next one. Number nine. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. And this doesn't mean going in front of a judge, putting somebody the Bible, and doing this thing, and then lying in front of a judge. Do you remember how many times Jesus Christ received this false testimony? How many times he 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 got cut? But that same thing, the false testimony of others saying something about him. How many times? A lot of times. Do you remember when he was almost dying in front of the judge? In front of? Do you remember when everybody was there? They were what lying and some of the things they were saying. Who is the person, the greatest liars of all? Isn't he? And he likes big time. And he's so good. He's so good at lying. Some of us, we think Satan uses even... I don't want to talk about him. He gets so excited about, oh, they're talking about me during the sermon. But he uses things that you least expected. Oh, I'm fine here. Yes, you're fine there. But she's going to use something else to reach you, to, to just take you away from the one. Take away your, 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 your soul, your everything. He does not want you to lie, not give false testimony. Doing so, you are going to also break Relationships, don't you? Can you imagine here in front of my brother Jim? Sorry, I have to use always somebody. Let me use somebody else. Uh, let's see here. Somebody, else. just in case so nobody gets mad here. Okay, Jessica, you. I knew she was there. Okay, Jessica, you know, can you imagine me being here? Oh, Jessica, how are you? Do you tell your parents? I know they're there. Do you tell your parents about the guy that I saw you walking the other day? Remember? Orange black. I know they don't allow you to have boyfriend, but <clears throat> do they know about that? And you're here like, Pastor, don't say that during the sermon. My dad is here. Oh, come on. Don't lie. You know what is going to happen soon? She's going to, the first thing, she's going to hate me big time. I hate you. I hope you lose all your hair and you have only one, and after that, you get dandruff. <laughs> you're like, can you imagine that? That's an ugly thing, isn't it? But then after that, she's going to say, You know what? I don't want to know anything about you. I know you're the pastor, but who cares about you? You're doing this thing, testimony public, you're saying these things in front of my dad, in front of everybody else. By the way, whatever I said is lie, is a lie. Oh, I broke one of the commandments. Do not give false testimony. Do not allow that to happen, to, to, to go through your, to your mind, to your thoughts. And sometimes we can even do that. Because that word, it means lots of different, it means like six different things. Everything goes around lying. And one of those things also means when you get quiet about something and you know it's wrong. When you get quiet about something, uh, they have an English word for that. I'm not really a professional. Or I'm not be. I mean, I wasn't born here. But the word is just a weird word. It says that when you get quiet and that person is suffering, you are the one who's supposed to be giving testimony about how that person is going through. How can I mean, you can help with your testimony, that person, and you get quiet. Don't say anything. And on top of that, sometimes they ask anybody knows, and you are quiet. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want that person to hate me. Everybody knows I'm a nice guy. Or everybody knows I am a mean guy. But sometimes you know it's the truth. It's not because you are being mean. You're truthful. Don't. Don't. Give false testimony against your neighbor. The last one. It's almost twelve you shall not what covet your neighbor's house you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his man servant or maid servant his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor if you are going to change that the donkey can be your your car right yeah, because I don't have a donkey. Can you imagine me? Oh, Pastor, you have a really good donkey. A 19, 2009 donkey. What kind of model is that? No, it's not a, you know. And sometimes, though, if you go outside to the parking lot, <laughs> you can probably go sometimes. I've been in some other churches. You go outside the parking lot. The ladies is like, wow, this looks like a dealership. Let me see. Oh, that one is nice. Man, I wish. And then you see the guy coming. You notice that? Something's a beautiful. And the guy coming like, He's the owner you usually expect. You have this thing as human that you relate things. Great things with a great guy. And sometimes he's somebody who is simple. And you're like, he's the one who... Man, I wish I can have something like that. What are you doing? Selling drugs or what? (laughs) And we start thinking. Not only the cars, the donkey or the ox. Not only about the place. Not only about the people working. Oh, man, I wish I could have that secretary. She's so good. Mine... I wish I could have the worst thing. That wife, She's so good. That's what the Bible is saying. I'm putting it to you in simple English. I wish I could have his house. Oh, one day I'm going to work hard. And that's what we do. We work hard, hard, hard to try to reach, to try to get the same house. And you know what happened? I noticed these brothers and sisters, sometimes we compare each other. Sometimes about my friends, we also do the same thing. We go like, oh, what you? Oh, oh wow, you have a oh you have a new oh you have a new computer, huh? Uh, two weeks later, they have a brand new computer. Three weeks later, they have another car, and we are starting doing this race of trying to just have things. Because we are starting to just wish into just I wish I could have I wish oh wow. When that happens. Your relationship is not based anymore on the same relationship that is supposed to be based with God. Or oh, you are with God and you're following God because He can give you things. How many of you are following God? Come on, raise your hand. Be sincere. How many of you are here because God can give you so many blessings? He's going to give you money, He's going to give you cars, the best house, and these financial times. He's going to give you everything, and everybody else is going to be like, wow. How many? Come on, raise your hand. No? Oh, then I'm in the wrong church. You know what? That's what, you know, you are having a relationship with God because you know more than material things. Huh? You receive something deeper than that, don't you? And because you receive deeper things than just material things, it's not for you to study desirable things. Because you know that your life is God's life. God is is going to give you what you deserve, what is best for you, isn't he? He is going to always give you what is best for you. And the best thing for you and me is to have a relationship with God. Reflected in these Ten Commandments, Not only with God, but with everybody else. You cannot reflect any of these commandments if you don't have that relationship with God. You cannot reflect any of these commandments if you don't know God. The only thing you are going to be doing every time you try to reflect those Ten Commandments is just follow it by word. Like, oh, this is it, I'm going to do it. Check one, check two, check three. And we have plenty of examples in the Bible of people who try to do that. God wants you, a seven-day Adventist, to bring these Ten Commandments alive in your life with the relationship that you are going to have with the Creator. He wants you to be a living testimony of these Ten Commandments, not because you go to church on Sabbath, but because you understand what Sabbath is all about. Not because you are a nice person, but because someone greater than that being nice is leading your life. And everything else is coming through you. We need to understand that. Because if we don't understand that, in these last days, as we believe we are living, and we are closer and closer to the coming of our Savior, maybe we can be disappointed. When he said, I don't know you. But I did this. I don't know you. Sorry. Move. Eh. Do you want that? I don't want that. Get closer to God. Get to know Him more and more. More and more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Thank you for the Ten Commandments. Thank you for what you have in the Bible. At this moment, O Lord, I want to ask you. I want to ask you, O Lord, for you to give us, to all of us here, the opportunity to get to know you more and more. Give us the opportunity to get closer to you. Give us the opportunity to listen, hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to take us back to the book, the book that we know as the Bible that talks about the love that you have for us. At this moment, oh Lord, I want to ask you more than ever, To give us the opportunity to practice. To share that relationship. Give us the opportunity to show others, O Lord, for your glory and praise. To show others that Jesus is alive not only in us, but he's alive and he's coming for everyone on this planet. But all... It's only so much time that we have. So much time that we have to establish a relationship with them. Help us first to establish a relationship with you. Thank you for the beautiful day, Sabbath. Be with us. Be with this church. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this Amen.